Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and Attention Coach Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, creating a just-right ADHD relationship. With us in our virtual studio is uh, the Melissa Orlov. She's one of my favorites on this particular topic. She's an ADHD marriage consultant. Um, Before we get into the details, uh, we are very grateful and thankful for children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for their support of our show. Um, in celebration of that event, we are um, we are uh, anxious to give away free copies of Attention Magazine in a PDF format. All you need to do is listen to our show. Uh, we'll be sharing uh, secret words a couple times. Write them down. Listen to another show for a secret word. Write that down and send me an email. Uh, with both secret words at attention, attentiontalkradio.com, and we will get you a current copy, PDF copy of Attention Magazine, and we'll send you a PDF copy of the next one that's printed. Also, the uh, in, in, annual international conference on ADHD, the 2020 version that is, is uh, scheduled for November 5th through the 7th. This has always been an on-site event. Uh, because, because of COVID-19, it will actually be virtual. Um, and there's no reason not to check it out. There's a lot of great stuff in this program. It's going to be really pretty dynamic. There's a lot of telesummits that are ADHD related, but I understand they're getting some um, some software that's special for conferencing and something like this. So it should, we're not going to be able to simulate the live event, but we're going to get pretty close to it. So to learn more about that, go to the website at chadd.org. Um, again, this program is being brought to you by Chad, and we've got a little tip that we're going to run, and we'll be back, and we'll get into the show. Staying focused and organized when you're working from home may be a problem for some people with ADHD. Consider managing yourself with a daily to-do list. Make sure you focus on specific actions you can take rather than vague ideas. For instance, send budget report to the boss or call Jim at 1 p.m. is likely to get done because all you have to do is read the item and you'll know what to do. For more tips and suggestions, visit chad.org. Thanks again, Chad, for your support. For those that are not uh, familiar with Chad, they're the largest not-for-profit organization in the world that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. Um, We encourage our listeners to become members in order to donate. A lot of great member benefits, but uh, really the reason is to keep the Chad financially strong because they're the ones that are on Capitol Hill lobbying and uh, working with regulatory agencies to get accommodations so those with ADHD can thrive. Uh, Please learn more. Donate. Sign up and be a member at chadd.org. Um, okay, our topic tonight, creating a just right ADHD relationship. With us in our virtual studio is Melissa Orlov. She's the author of two award-winning books on the impact of ADHD in relationships. The first is The ADHD uh, Effect on Marriage and The Couple's Guide to Thriving with ADHD. She's considered one of the foremost authorities on the topic. A marriage consultant, Melissa helps ADHD-affected couples really around the world rebalance their relationships and learn to thrive. She also teaches marriage counselors and other professionals about effective marriage therapy for couples impacted by ADHD. Uh, Melissa's uh, blogs on uh, Psychology Today and on ADHDmarriage.com, where she uh, 
also hosts a large uh, community of adults learning about aviation in relationship. She's been interviewed by the New York Times, U.S. News, World Report, CNN, Today, CBS, AOL, and the American Psychological Association, Monitor, um, and many others. Uh, Melissa is a cum laude graduate of Harvard College. Uh, her website is, uh, again, ADHDmarriage.com. With that, Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. It's been a while. I've been, uh, been way too long. I like uh, your, I, I love what you do. I love your work. I love the concept. You were uh, my go-to person on uh, ADHD relationships. And today, the topic is creating that just right ADHD relationship. And um, I know that I'm, <laughs> I'd love to know your thoughts on this. So how did you get inspired originally really to think about this topic? And, and we'll just kind of go into uh, what you have for us from there. Well, so I started thinking about this because, um, uh, you know, some couples go through this process of learning about how ADHD impacts their relationships, identifying the patterns that are the sort of standard patterns that couples get into, and then trying to uh, change those patterns, sort of eliminate a lot of the negatives, and yet they were still feeling stuck. Uh, And so I started to think about why were they still feeling stuck? And there was this sense of still sort of not being on the same team. So things were better managed, things had calmed down a little bit, uh, and yet uh, they still didn't feel that they had the, the you know the exact relationship that they wanted. And so I started thinking about what would the quote unquote just right um, relationship look like when you had gone through this uh, this struggle. Uh, to move uh, out of the ADHD um, most prominent symptomatic behavior. So that's how I got into it. So, when I, so I'm just thinking out loud. This is really kind of cool. So people come in and they're focused on the more challenging type things, but there's another balance to that, and that is what are the positive things that you need to pay attention to and emphasize um, in order to bring that balance? Is that a, a fair way of describing this? Right. So, I mean, people will know, yeah, okay, I want to be more connected to my partner, right? And they think of that as a communications issue. Um, But it's not just a communications issue. It's also a a little bit about um, how do you add things back in um, that are connecting to the two of you, and what's the base for that? What's the underlying elements um, that help connect you? So there are tactics that you can use. Um, like the things that come out of Arthur Aaron's work uh, about, you know, how do couples get connected and, and uh, by, you know, one of the ways is by doing new and challenging things together that make them remember how much fun they have together and, you know, that they enjoy each other. Um, but there's an underpinning to that even yet. And so that's what I was trying to investigate is, is you know, what are, the, what are the most important elements of getting the really basic needs met? Okay. So can you walk us through what you've learned and what you've identified as the key things to, to, to focus on for that just right relationship? Well, the first thing that I went, you know, as soon as you start saying what are the basic issues that you need to do to get your needs met, you have to ask, you have to step back one step further, which is to say what are the needs that those partners okay. have uh, that need to be met. And so that was the first thing that I looked at was, so what are the basic needs? And, and, um, when you're used to thinking about your needs as um, as the absence of things that you've had, like I need the relationship to be calmer or I need the relationship not to be fighting so much or whatever, you're not looking at the stuff under it. Um, so the the things that I think are really critical 
that couples seek when they're looking for that just right relationship are some pretty basic things that they need to remind themselves, uh, oh, yeah, actually, that's what we want. One is um, to know that they're loved and cherished. Um, Another is to be respected uh, by their partner. Uh, A third thing is to be able to express themselves freely and without fear uh, Mm -hmm. that their partner is going to respond negatively or whatever. A fourth is to be heard or to be listened to. Uh, The fifth is to share the load with another person. And the fifth, uh, the last thing, the sixth thing is a basic sense of security that can be financial, it can be emotional, et cetera. That's part of safety, but it's a slightly different um, uh, part of it as well. So there were sort of these six underlying needs. And when you think about it this way, what you realize is no matter how different those partners are, they both want those things. They are completely on the same page. And so uh, I, I, that really makes a lot of sense, but I, I, I'm kind of curious. You, you and I, we did a show a while ago on the five love languages. And it was really a, a listening show because to know what the other person, to be, that they're loved and cherished, how one person might feel loved and cherished might be different from another person. Does that play into – it's an important part of that. It's well, it, just to say they love and cherish, but the idea is like, what is the partner? What do they need yeah. in this process? And the love languages is is definitely part of that. That's the communication side of knowing that you're loved and cherished. But there's even a bigger issue um, that is, you know, this sort of elephant in the room for ADHD relationships. And one of the reasons that couples were getting stuck, as I started to think about it, and that is um, equal status. So, you know, you know you're loved and cherished if your partner, is, you know, respects you as an equal and treats you in a certain way, including expresses their love or whatever. But equal status is a really big deal um, in these relationships because of the parent-child dynamics and because of the, of the um, inconsistency that can come with ADHD. And so and that's the arena uh, for um, – partners to explore as they look to move to this just right relationship is to think about how do we build up that equal status. I, I think that's, I'm hearing those words and it's easy for me. Equal status. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But can you tell us more what is equal status in a relationship? Well, so uh, it, uh, it means it among other things that each partner um, has the right to their way of doing things and their opinions. Okay. Which, when you have a person who has ADHD who does things very differently, sometimes not on time or in an order that isn't as efficient, maybe as the non-ADHD partner would do it, or uh, you know they have to organ, they have to do external structures to keep themselves going or whatever. Um, you know, those partners are very, very different. And so we're used to thinking of our own way as the right way to do something or the right way to be. Um, and so equal status in an ADHD, non-ADHD partnership um, isn't as easy to find mm-hmm. as it is in a, in a relationship of two people, neither of whom have ADHD. You have to really think about, okay, so, you know, how do I hear the opinions of my partner who says, no, it's okay that I put that thing off for two months. It doesn't matter uh, as much to me as it matters to you. Or, 
uh, you know, how do you how do you take those kinds of comments and 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 give them equal priority? Hmm. So I, I, what's your opinion on this? This is kind of interesting. I was working with a woman one time. She had ADHD, and for working memory issues, she had to put visual reminders out so that she didn't have to do free recalls. She'd have cue recalls to remind her to do some things. And with those things out for her husband, um, he was like, if it's out, it's like mental clutter. So it had to be a kind of like out of sight or, or put away. And so when I was working with her, we began to understand that the the things out were reminders. There were a structure for her to do that stuff. And that was kind of like her way of reminding him. But for him, it was like kind of overwhelming because it was kind of cluttered. It was funny because there was a kitchen island where um, it really manifested. And there was a lot of stuff on that island that related to kids' school that were very timely with change. And it was funny because I said, like, let's let's make it look like it's supposed to be there. So we got like an inbox for it to kind of be there. But it was funny because I was having this conversation. I said, you know, you both have a very different style of doing mm-hmm. this. Is that playing in? Is that something completely different? Or is that playing? You have the right way. You have your right to do it your way, but you also have a right to your style. Is that, is yeah, that synonymous? Part of it, I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, style is, is, you know, you could say style or way of being. I mean, she had those yep. reminders as you're describing it yep. because otherwise she didn't function as well. She needed to stumble upon those reminders yep. in order to remember to do them at the right time. Um, yeah. And so, you know, so it's not just stylistic. It's actually one of the the coping strategies that she needs. Now, he yep. had uh, a visual uh, thing about clutter that you know, maybe he felt uncomfortable, physically uncomfortable or emotionally uncomfortable. I've had people tell me that um, in an ADHD-impacted relationship, that the clutter makes them feel uncomfortable in their own home. That's, a, that's another, you know, almost physiological thing. That's different from my mom used to keep a straight, a, a, a cleaner house, uh, yep. And I just prefer a cleaner house, right? So you have to have that conversation as yep. equals. You assume that neither way is wrong, quote unquote, uh, but that uh, you know, you, and you explore how important is this thing? Is this uh, part of who you know you're functioning literally for mm-hmm. both of them, or is this a preference slash? Oh, gee, this is annoying, kind yep. of a, a thing. And you work through it, but you work from the perspective of each partner has a right, you know, to do it the way that they want to do it and a reason to do it the way that they want to do it. And then you negotiate from there. That's a very different space from him saying, hey, you ought to be able to do Uh this differently and you're in my way, you know. And too too many people with ADHD will will agree (laughs) because the society tells them, I ought to be able to do it. You know, they have this secret yeah. feeling or not the secret feeling like, well, they ought to be able to do it. You know, they're shamed or feel embarrassed when they don't. Wow. Um, wow. I, I tell you what, let's, let's go to break right now. Just because of the break. When we come back, I'm, I'm going to be really interested because this sounds really good on paper. Equal status really makes a lot of sense. And you have the right to your way of doing it and your opinions. But I'd be very interested because it's, it's, that's the goal. It sounds to me that in your work with couples, it might be difficult to get them there. So we'll talk a bit more about that. For our listeners, our secret word tonight is just, again, J-U-S-T. And if you haven't uh, done so already, you need to go to see Melissa's website, ADHDmarriage.com. Uh, again, she's one of my favorites on this particular topic. We've done a lot of things together. and She's got a, she's got a lot of great insights and a lot of great uh, information on uh, 
on couples and uh, uh, programs to help you. So with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be your child's greatest ally by reading the book Ned Hollowell described as a game changer, Michelle Borba referred to as the ultimate guide for parents, and Michael Thompson praised as the groundbreaking book you've been waiting for. Go to playbetterplan.com to buy a copy of Caroline McGuire's book, Why Will No One Play With Me? While you're there, subscribe to download her free mini-course on developing social skills for children. That's playbetterplan.com. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by DigCoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with uh, Melissa Orlov, one of my favorites with regard to ADHD and uh, relationships. Before the break, we were talking about uh, what to pay attention to, the positive things to, for that just-right relationship. We were talking about equal status. Um, the notion that each partner has the right to do things their way in their opinion, um, is, it really makes a lot of sense to me. But in, when you're working with couples, how do you work with them to get them to get to that point in time? Uh, is it a process? Is uh, any? It seems like it's it's not something that happens overnight. <laughs> I'm smiling as you're saying that because <laughs> no, it's not. You know, as human beings, we are used to experiencing the world around us through our own lens, and so we think, uh, you know, well, this is of course the way it is, right? And everybody else is this way as well, and it's <laughs> and it's kind of a surprise when we get into these particularly ADHD, non-ADHD relationships to realize just how differently our partner experiences the world and how that impacts everything about the decisions they make, the what they remember, mm-hmm. um, you know, how they bring themselves to any situation. Um, I think one of the things I try to do is I try to help couples question what their assumptions are about how they, how they are actually interacting with their partners. I was on a call with a couple this morning, uh, and, um, the woman in the relationship was say, was talking about, uh, or actually the man was talking about how the woman often says, well, gee, you could have said that more nicely to me. You could have said it this way. And she's, uh, you know, she's educating him. Um, and while that's useful, if it goes on and on and on, it becomes a critique 
of what he has just said before that. Um, and I was challenging them to think about uh, that as a critique and to think about um, him being allowed to express himself respectfully. Again, one of those needs is respect and, you know, to be cherished. But to respect himself, uh, to uh, uh, talk uh, to her in a way that expresses his opinion in, in a non-judgmental way. So they happen to be talking about broccoli and whether he preferred frozen broccoli or you know, or fresh broccoli, mm-hmm. and he just said, yeah, I prefer fresh broccoli. And she took it as an insult that she hadn't done a good, you know, dinner. Uh, so so you, ha- you have to explore the boundaries of um, what's respectful, i.e. hitting one of those needs that they have, just an expression, a neutral expression, and, and what's judgmental or what's critical. And so she viewed her comments to him about, well, here's how you could have said it more nicely, um, as helpful when, in fact, they were critical and not particularly respectful, I mean, mm-hmm. in, in, a, in their own way. So I hold up this mirror and, and help. And, and the, the people who do the nonviolent communication and all that, they do the same kind of thing. They, they, they hold it uh, up. The, thing, the problem that you run into is um, when you start to talk about, okay, each person should have equal status, there are, uh, you have to push back on two misconceptions one is the adhd partner who will respond to that by saying this is just the way i am take it or leave it right it's it, you know i'm i'm working as hard as i can work get off my case uh i have adhd there's stuff i'm not going to do well mm-hmm. and when you get to that you know okay uh, you know, I, I, yeah, you're not going to be as consistent maybe as you'd like to be. That's probably a true fact. Um, but it's the take it or leave it part that's the mm-hmm. problem. And when you get on the non-ADD side, what you get is, a, is this uh, issue of, look, this is the way it ought to be done. This is the way other people do it. This is the way you should do it, therefore. Mm-hmm. Um, without allowing that person to express themselves as they choose to express themselves, and, and et cetera. And again, that's problematic because it imposes the non-ADD way on the ADD partner just as much as the ADD partner saying take it or leave it imposes the ADD way on the, on the non-ADD partner. Um, so when I talk about be, having equal status, I'm not talking about not being flexible or not trying to negotiate. I'm saying negotiate start with a start starting place in equal status and and then say okay so we disagree on x thing now what do we do about it mhm rather than trying to convince the other person that their way of doing it or that they themselves are wrong hmm. do you understand the difference yeah so i'm i'm i'm, I'm, just, I'm just, from a coaching paradigm i'm seeing a lot in this you're using questions to kind of, with the target is to get them to come to the middle a little bit in that respectful way and you just you're asking the questions to facilitate this i'm going to say kind of change of mindset to me mindset is how your mind is set up to think there's a lot of mm-hmm. uh, stuff on the internet talking about growth mindset and fixed mindset which i think this mindset but i think really how your mind is set up to think is ultimately what that is. And really I'm hearing that these are the tools that you, you work with the couples in order to help them change the way their mind is set up to think and to kind of move towards each other so that we can get to that equal status so that we can get to those basic needs so we can have that positivity in that relationship. Is that, 
have I articulated that right, or is, or is there anything um, to Yes, and, and they, the, so the, then the growth versus fixed mindset is an interesting way to look at this because I am talking about a growth mindset. I'm, I am talking about a listening, curiosity, um, starting from a place that is um, empathetic um, and, uh, and, and safe, right? It should be safe for somebody to say, hey, you know, I really prefer uh, uh, fresh broccoli to frozen broccoli, or it should be safe for somebody to say, hey, this is the way I feel about this particular project that we want to take on without the other person um, saying, well, you know, of course you don't ever do anything in time, so, you know, or making a critique out of it or whatever. Um, The challenge becomes to listen to the partner's opinion with no prejudgments um, and and with a sort of an open embracing stance, if you want to think of it that way, Mm -hmm. uh, versus assumed uh, either I'm going to get in trouble or it's going to be critical or whatever. Um, and one of the things that I talk about, so, so there are a number of different things. Uh, if you are the ADHD partner, I, I genuinely believe that in order to be able to um, uh, be respected in the relationship, uh, you have to acknowledge and embrace the ADHD and also manage it to the best of your abilities, right? So there, understanding yeah. that there is a difference between the core person and the symptomatic behaviors that go around that person, and if the symptomatic behaviors are a negative in the relationship, it is respectful and also safer as a whole as the relationship um, to say, you know, it's my job to to optimize the management of this. Simultaneously, for yeah, go ahead. I just I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just I flash back to a conversation or interview we did with Ari Tuckman about disclosing ADHD, and his issue is you can't use ADHD as an excuse; it's an explanation. And going back to you acknowledge that it's there, but it's your job to work on it. It's not like take it or leave it an excuse and just and just kind of get out of it. And just was just emphasizing right. that. So right. So so you know, being having equal status doesn't mean that you can say, "Hey, the heck with you. I'm just who I am." Yep. Well, no, that's not true. You could say that. But you wouldn't expect that that relationship would survive uh, mm-hmm. if, in fact, um, the other partner has problems with whatever is coming at them. Um, and and uh, so, so it is, I think, uh, uh, in the best interest of the partner and in the relationship, um, you know, it's your obligation to bring your best self forward to the, to the relationship. And with, if you have ADHD and it's getting in the way, that includes adequately or optimally managing the ADHD across all of the legs of treatment that you can, you know, that you can bring to bear. Um, But it also means uh, a lot of challenging thought for the non-ADHD partner in terms of letting go of a lot of their preconceptions about how things ought to be done. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, And really being open to listening to a point of view. I mean, my husband thinks completely differently from how I think, and he experiences the exact same events in completely different ways. Some of that is gender. Some of that's his growing up experiences from his family of origins. A lot of it is his ADHD and how his brain works, which is not as linear um, as mine. Um, and, uh, and you know, he'll, he has opinions or ideas or whatever about things where I'm just like, wow, I have no idea how he got to that. <laughs> and, you know, and, and it's okay. In fact, it's part of what energizes our relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. It's actually a good thing not yep. to be completely in sync as long as you have the tools 
to be able to respectfully navigate that. Yep, absolutely. And I'm, well, I'm going to break here as long as you have the right tools, because I want to expand upon this. this. is This has been a fascinating, another great interview. Most I'm really learning a lot, and I, I just I want, to, I want to tip my hat to really. But we're going to come back to tools here in a second. For those that are listening. Our secret word tonight is just, and you're starting to hear the brilliance of Melissa. Um, so if you ha- again, you, you've got to go to her website and check out all the stuff that she has there at ADHDmarriage.com. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit EdgeFoundation.org to learn more how an Edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Melissa Orlov talking about creating just right relationship. Um, I've heard you speak about this a little bit before, and I never realized the depth and the breadth of all this. And I, I think it's brilliant to take a look at not just the negatives that we always tend to do, but the positives or the positive things that we do. And, and I'm learning a lot here. And what's, what's really striking to me is you got to have the tools to have these kind of conversations. And, and I'm starting to understand the brilliance of you even that much better because as I began to think of a couple that might be listening to us right now and going, wow, that really makes a lot of sense to get through. This is really, really kind of difficult by yourself. It's where like really you kind of come in in hand to really help people kind of guide and tweak that. It's uh, it sounds like very much of a process that, that, that is a do it yourself. Doesn't really work. You really need help. Is that, am I misrepresenting that? Or is that, is is that about spot on? Well, I, I think anytime you're being challenged to let go of your preconceptions, uh, it's hard to do it without a third party, only because you don't really know where your preconceptions are, unless yeah. somebody's holding up that mirror and saying, well, hold on here, have you examined that a little more closely, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's true. I mean, there is a process here. Um, the first process, the fr- and, I, and I can sort of lay out what some of the steps are um, so yeah, that people please. have a, a sense of that. Um, the the first part is to learn everything that you can about ADHD and how it impacts uh, relationships um, because uh, it's surprising. A lot of the things that we do um, as sort of the human responses to stimulus uh, are actually the opposite of what you need to do with the ADHD uh, relationship, the ADHD-impacted relationship. You know, if you're 
a very quick example, if your partner is, is not paying much attention to you because they're very distracted and you don't know that they have ADHD or that that's a factor, you're going to feel lonely. And, and you're going to respond to that loneliness by pursuing your partner, which is going to be an irritant in the relationship, actually, if it's done the wrong way. So, so there are, there's just learning everything you can about how these relationships work is the first step. The second step, which I alluded to, um, is that the ADHD partner really has to fully own the ADHD and take it on, not as a, mm-hmm. you know, gee, I need to be fixed project, but this is who I am. I accept this. Ned Hallowell just put up a little video about being a guy who, you know, he just accepts that he's a guy who's going to, uh, by mistake, draw, uh, pour grapefruit juice into his coffee because he's not paying attention. Um, <laughs> And you know, which was very cute, uh, and uh, and so coming with that kind of acceptance, but also with the, but there are many ways that I can manage this better and and present myself better in my across all areas of my life, and particularly in my relationship. That's really important. The third area that you really have to be um, looking to do is to leave that parent-child dynamic behind. That's an inherently imbalanced dynamic. It's in almost every relationship. Um, that has not been addressed yet that I've come across in you know well over a decade of doing this. It's just it's just part of this until you really understand it and move around it. And it takes time and effort to get away from that because the parenting behaviors uh, are, happen because there's a sense of lack of control uh, on the part of the non-ADHD partner uh, in the face of the ADHD partner having trouble following through, um, often uh, is covering things up because they're embarrassed or ashamed. Uh, they, you know, the timeliness may not be there. There are a lot of things that are going on that relate to the symptoms, but not to the person, right? Mm-hmm. And making that distinction is really important. So this is one of the reasons why it's so important for that ADHD partner to um, uh manage, optimize the treatment of the ADHD so that those things calm down in the relationship and there can start to be a more even uh, balance or a way to get around. I mean, my partner still doesn't do stuff on time all the time, and I'm never going to expect that he will because his idea of what's, what time, how long things should take is different from mine. And I respect that. It's not just about, you know, yeah, he wants to do it and he can't. It's also about, well, he's got a more relaxed point of view than I do. That's a, a paradigm shift from how many people think about uh, how their ADHD partners are performing on on time. Like my husband is mm-hmm. energized by the fact that he goes to the airport at the last moment because he is. He thinks it's a great game. He has every right to have that point of view. I don't have to share it, um, but I also don't have to go to the airport with him. <laughs> or we can, you know, we can. We can negotiate around, like, what time do we leave? You know, whose anxiety or lack of anxiety is more important in this situation, et cetera, et cetera, right? I don't have to fix him necessarily, mm-hmm. but I do have he, but we have to respond to each other. So mm. getting out of that parent-child dynamic is really important. And then there are some communication strategies um, that help you have equal status, um, including, and, and I don't really have time necessarily to go into all of these, but... Um, Things like how to set up verbal cues, how to talk non-aggressively and non-defensively, how to share uh, responsibility um, and um, how to navigate smaller disagreements, things like that. These are things that I teach in my seminar, 
mm-hmm. that I do for couples. Um, but, you know, it's really uh, it, it's important to remember um, that you can learn these things, right? ADHD does not have to interfere with having a happy relationship, and that gets me back to sort of why I was thinking about all this in the beginning. Yeah. So really should have made three or four shows out of this. <laughs> but <laughs> but pulling this thing together, I think I think it's important because it gets people to pause and step back and say, listen, you, the negative, the problems kind of bring you in. You try to resolve that stuff, but we really want more. And you identified, you know, knowing that you're loved and cherished, respected, uh, that you're heard. It seems to me that if my guess, and just my guess is, is – is if you're listening to this, and this really makes a lot of sense, if we go back to that list that you had that are important, again, be loved and cherished, respected, and you begin to wonder what it's like for your partner, how, how do they like – what would be evidence for them that I respect them? What would be evidence for them that I cherish them? What would be evidence for them that they're heard and begin to listen for that? It can open up your mind. Again, that's just my thoughts on this. Um, as, as, a, yeah. as a mindset, for people well, to do that. Is that... it's a it's a great question to ask, right? Um, because people take the things like not following through as an act of disrespect, rather than as an ADHD symptom. Um, and so you you have to understand what's ADHD and what's not. I would say the things that start to to show um, that there is a lot of respect is an acknowledgement in both directions that the other person's point of view is uh, important, a curiosity about it, about it. So if you have, let me, let me back up a little bit. If you have a ADHD partner who says, you know, I understand how frustrated you are with the fact that I didn't do the thing on Tuesday that I said I was going to do. And I'm frustrated with that as well. And I'm working on, I'm working with a coach right now to help me figure out what the systems are that I can put into place so that that happens less often. You're going to feel respected if your partner treats you that way. If you say, get off my case, you know, I get to do this stuff whenever I feel like it and you're way too, uh, you know, you're way too hard on me, you're not going to feel respected. So mm-hmm. so when you when your partner is telling you, uh, when the conversation around ADHD is uh, open and and you own it and you are uh, you know working to to manage it and you're talking calmly with your partner around it in a non-defensive way, um, that generally will communicate respect. Yep. And vice versa, when I say you know you laughed when I said I don't have to go to the airport with my husband, <laughs> but one you know but one of the things I've had people say, oh my partner makes us late for church every week, and I say, well do you have two cars? And they say yeah, and I say well so go separately. Yep. You know, and then your partner will get there when your partner wants to get there, and you can get there when you want to get there, and everybody's happy. Yes. You know, but I, there's I, this, you know. Yeah, you you got to design an environment for the two of you to coexist, and if it means taking two cars to church, it makes it's taking two cars to church because you got different you got yeah. different ways of doing things. And I totally get that's like respecting the way that happens. So, I, I really, I like I said, I should have. <laughs> We're going to have to get back in touch with you on a sequel of this because there's so much here. But uh, as we start to close this down, any last thoughts to share on this particular topic? Um, any last nugget that comes to mind? Well, we haven't talked too much about how you add back the positives into the relationship. Um, and, and this is sort of the underpinning. So when you asked at the very beginning of it, you know, why was I starting uh-huh. to think about this? Because I wanted to figure out what were the underlying barriers 
uh, and and I thought that these needs that I said that you both have um, were not really being overtly thought about uh, as a way to bring up the respect and et cetera. The other thing that uh, that does absolutely have to happen is a um, um, an addition of the things that you want. It's not just about eliminating the things you don't want. It's also about very overtly and thoughtfully and intentionally adding back the attend time and adding back the the ability to say things with kindness to your partner mm-hmm. and to be able to to tell them that you adore them. You know, uh, and I like to raise the bar. I don't want, just want to say, "Hey, I love you," because there yeah. are a lot of folks who can say that without meaning that they actually adore them, that they are eager to be with them, and that they think that they're fun and smart and interesting and whatever else they think, you know, that they cherish them. And cherish is what you're looking for. Um, Yes. So so that's another part of this uh, that we didn't talk about. But it is absolutely, it can be there. And this is, I think, this equal status and really learning how to respect each other's way of being is the path to that. I absolutely agree. So, I, Melissa, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's, you've been a wealth of wisdom and really got me thinking. I think you've also got some of the minds of our listeners kind of churning. So thanks so much for coming on the show. You're welcome. It's always my pleasure to talk to you, Jeff. I have a blast. Everybody, our secret word tonight is just. And, uh, again, Melissa Orlov's website, ADHDmarriage.com. Uh, it's spectacular. She's spectacular. Big fan. So go check it out. With that, uh, we hope you enjoyed this. Catch us next week for another great edition of Tension Talk Radio. Take care.